In 2020, TikTok in Q1 beat out Pokemon Go as the most downloaded application in the world. So you're looking at a sort of a sizable scale of downloads and users. I think they're up to like a billion users. TikTok has one continuous feed. The AI is designed to deliver the content it thinks you want most. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Now, more than ever, it's important to keep up on the latest marketing trends and topics, and this is just the spot. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Megan Powers with Powers of Marketing and Jen Cole with Now Marketing Group. Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast. This is episode 79, and I'm very excited to have our guest with us today. I want to say first, though, this show is made possible by Powers of Marketing, my boutique marketing agency, providing strategic marketing execution for small to medium-sized businesses. Now, we've been wanting to talk TikTok forever, it seems like, like since it came out. And so our guest today, I didn't ask you how to say your name, but I did some research and I heard you say it on one of your videos today. So Dennis Wakabayashi. That is 100% right. Wakabayashi. Wow. I wrote it phonetically so that I would get it right. (laughs) Thank you, Megan. Welcome. How are you today? I'm great. I'm happy to be part of your podcast. I've been a fan for a little while and I just am grateful for the opportunity to speak to you and to your audience and talk a little TikTok. Pretty excited about TikTok too. Yeah. Well, and you know, we get a lot of email from people trying, but it's more people trying to get their people on or they work for an agency (laughs) that's trying to get people placed on podcasts and stuff. And I rarely get a reach out from an individual that wants to come on who I just feel like, oh yeah. Like there's no question, like there's no application process. Just tell me like, what do you want to talk about? And then I loved everything, every potential topic that you gave me. So I was like, oh, take that. I'm not kidding. I had this on our schedule as like wanting to talk about it on this episode, but I just didn't have a person yet. Boom. Let's hope I give your audience some good content. Oh, I have no doubts. Welcome everyone who is on the live stream. I am hoping to see your comments. I don't see any in the in the chat yet, but please per- ask us any questions that you might have. I'm going to read Dennis's bio. Dennis wow. Wakabayashi is the VP of the world's seventh largest marketing solutions company, where he is responsible for the strategy and execution of integrated marketing, also known as customer experience or CX for Fortune 500 companies. In May 2020, he was named a top CX expert of the decade and ranks among the top 150 CX influencers globally. He regularly hosts or MCs marketing industry events, appears on international podcasts, and is a renowned public speaker, author, and educator. He has more than 50,000 social media followers and is dedicated to empathy, collaboration, and growth for customers and brands. I love all of that. All of Teamwork it. makes the dream work. That's right. All right. Okay. So I see Jen Cole is in the house and she's uh, she's my co-host. She's having some hey, roofing Jen. work done. <laughs> so she's in the audience, but I am not seeing the comments in the app. So I'm looking on my phone to see them. So if you have any questions, it looks like I won't be able to, to bring them up. So that's unfortunate, but we will roll with it, right? Hey man, technology, just got to roll with the punches. You know, uh, it reminds me of an old saying that I always remember, which is, to err is human, but to really mess things up, you need a computer. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> that is that is fair. I love that. All right. And she just put the link to your website in the comments. Thanks so much, Jen, for doing awesome. that. I love it. Social comments will display here. Okay. So I want to yeah. start out with TikTok's been around since 2016. Many people might not know that because they kind of probably didn't learn about it um, until the last couple of years. But you're saying that it's really blowing up in 2021. There's a buildup, right? So don't give me everything all at once. I have got lots of questions. But why do you think this is the year that brands are flocking to TikTok? Well, I think without giving too much away at the beginning, there are two major forces at play in 2021. In 2020, TikTok in Q1 beat out Pokemon Go as the most downloaded application in the world. So you're looking at a sort of a sizable scale of downloads and users. I think they're up to like a billion users. And then in 2021, what was interesting is the algorithm took a little bit of a shift to allow niche marketing or niche conversations inside the algorithm. So that really lays the foundation for brands to have a conversation there. Whereas I think in the past, we were in the fray of all the content, but now different kinds of content are becoming more popular on TikTok. Okay. Not just dances. And we'll talk a little bit about that. I saw the dance with your daughter. Oh, really? Good. <laughs> All right. So how do you think TikTok is changing the, the media landscape? And like, what are some of your favorite brands or, or people that you follow? And then I would love, although I can't bring it on screen for our listeners, anybody who's her viewers to share their favorite TikTok brands and stuff in the comments. You know, I would say my favorite recent campaign from a brand is Urban Outfitters. And Urban Outfitters used a platform called Heartbeat. And what essentially Heartbeat does is it matches influencers directly with the brand for code creation. So what you see happen there is content creators have a freedom and an authenticity of expression opportunity to connect directly with the brands that they love. And the output is high quality content, very original and authentic. But what's also interesting about this for agencies in in particular is agencies used to hire celebrities or hire talent. And with COVID, we see a lot of costs associated with insurance, SAG charges more. And so when you connect directly with an influencer, you sort of bypass a lot of the traditional ways we do business when it comes to content creation and rights and talents management. So I think Urban Outfitters was one. I think uh, there's a lot of smaller brands that that are doing quite well on TikTok. I think L'Oreal is doing fantastic. I think they have something go viral like every month, actually. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that the people who didn't really know about TikTok yet really learned about it with the, I can't remember his name, the skateboard guy with the Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. The, the uh, Ocean Spray. Uh, Ocean Spray, yeah. Drink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, what's uh, that brand? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I've, Charlie D'Amelio was sort of like, I got in late. I saw Charlie D'Amelio go through her, her drama and growth the followers. And thought it was interesting how influencers try to parlay their one channel into another and what works and what doesn't. So, you know, it's uh, still an innovative wild west out there with in terms of social content, for sure. All right. So you've said that it's changed the media landscape. So is that, and I, I think it probably is tied to influencers, right? Is that is that what 
I mean, talk, talk yeah, to us about yes. that. Yeah, sure. So here's what I think. This is my personal point of view. But when I look at and being a, a nano influencer or someone, a small niche audience myself, I look at the algorithms, I look at how they behave. And certainly they dictate how we create content. You know, this as a content creator, you have to have a certain cadence, a certain amount of uh, frequency, you have to have a certain amount of relevance in terms of keywords. And we constantly have been chasing algorithms for relevance. So whether it's Google, whether it's Facebook, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, and and what I saw happen over the last uh, 10 years or five years, maybe is more accurate, your freemium models like an Instagram or a Facebook, as they faced pressure to monetize their platforms, they introduced advertising. What that advertising did was created a great amount of cash flow, created revenue for the company. And then at some point in the business decision-making process at the corporations there, they decided to extend the advertising opportunity to all of the content creators. And what that really did was it throttled down or it closed off the aperture or the reach that an organic content creator could have. And so essentially, you found a situation where nothing could go viral on an Instagram or a Facebook. And that dynamic works against all content creators now. So that's why I see. I think we see a lot of people flocking over to TikTok is because TikTok has a for you page. So in TikTok's system, one is built for simple content creation with sort of more complex editing capabilities. You scroll through one feed. So whereas YouTube or Twitter or Facebook or Instagram have all these other avenues that you can branch off, TikTok has one continuous feed the AI is designed to deliver the content it thinks you want most. And on top of that, it has this For You page, which the For You page basically works as a focus group. It tests content against multiple audiences until it finds the audience that's right for the creator. And then it amplifies that content. So the easiest way to say that is TikTok is probably the only place that content creators or brands can really go viral now. All the other platforms are pay to play or pay for exposure. And so that's a huge difference. Yeah. And you can advertise on TikTok, but they're not letting that interfere with the algorithm is what you're saying. That That's right. That's right. They're keep that independent and the organic reach is still amplified. It, they don't tax the content creator for exposure. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have a friend who I had, you know, I tried to time, you know, I ended up down a rabbit hole because it's so interesting, all the content that's on there. And so you really have to carve out time. You have to set a timer because otherwise you'll end on there forever because then it shows you, you know, you go, oh, this is awesome. Do I want to follow them? And then you start looking at their other videos and then maybe they duetted with someone. And then, so then you look at that account and it's like, I go and I'm like clicking back so far to get to where where I started. Average use of of a viewer is about an hour per session. Okay. That's the average. That's Yeah. Yeah. I believe it. It's like 56 minutes per session. So that some people are doing that twice or three times a day. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, but I just had been fun and I've been seeing the dancing and all that. And then I saw my friend, Michaela Alexis, she's a LinkedIn expert and she was giving tips on LinkedIn and she's doing the, the screen behind her and she's like pointing. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is brilliant for business. And so, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing these. I don't have many followers and I, I haven't done much in there. 
uh, like Great. that's not noteworthy or, or whatever. But but I did. I've been doing these this series that I'm calling Megan's Monday Musings, and so on Twitter and on Facebook and on LinkedIn and not Instagram, but yeah. But so I've been posting them, and it's in, basically it's just an image, and that's just a little piece of advice. Yeah. So I thought, oh, you know what? I Smart. should start making videos for these. So I so now I have so I'm behind. I'm not on the day. Although next week I think I'll be I'll have the video line up with the rest of it. Anyway, so Megan's Monday Musings, whatever. I changed this you know, LED sign to say that. And anyway, so I don't have as many views, but I have more likes on one of those videos than I, I think I have on any of the others. So who knows, maybe it'll catch on. But how do you recommend? Okay, so because I know people are like, how do I get seen? And they use the FYP hashtag. Oh, and like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, is there, are there any hacks? Are there any like things that can help you get noticed? Well, yeah. So let me, uh, let's break that down a little bit. Okay. The algorithm is always changing. And what the brand or what the platform will say about the algorithm or what you can find out is often different than what the content creators will discover. So what I will tell you is that content creators, the T is that the hashtags don't affect your engagement very much at all. So okay. that's sort of held true throughout the year. So hashtagging is probably not a really great use of time. The interesting driver is that people don't know about a lot is the, the popular music. So if you can put a popular soundtrack underneath your video, it gets wider reach. And I give an example for me and you, Megan, we could add a soundtrack, but turn the volume down to zero and still just have a VO and our video would vastly outperform our video that does not have a soundtrack on it, even though we can't hear that soundtrack. So there's one yeah. hack. I would yeah. say that um, the other thing that's interesting, how many videos do you have there on TikTok so far? Um, probably like 10 or 11. Okay. Yeah. So what's interesting, a lot of content creators have discovered that when they start the account, if you can do a little research, watch the explore page, see what's trending, give that trend a little bit of uh, lead time, maybe a week, two weeks, once this sort of trend becomes more full. If you can jump on those trends with your first three videos from TikTok, those are the three that will determine essentially the attention that the algorithm gives you. So by three videos in, you'll have a real litmus test of whether your content is the kind of content that plays on the channel. Does it have a strong, clever ending? I think that storytelling on TikTok is super important. You need a setup, you need a punchline most of the time. And those first three videos, if they have popular sound, if they capture a trend, then you get sort of deemed as the, an account that's worthy to be amplified over and over. So first three videos are highly important. So I don't know, maybe you so want to start the second account. Yeah. <laughs> I should start I, over. <laughs> you might want to. You know, one of the things I will say about your content, which you have going for you now is recently because of the new changes in the 2021 algorithm staying off trend ironically is another way to go viral so hmm. i think of uh, the old youtube adage you know when we used to look at the youtube algorithm a video that has a million views and a video that has 900,000 views which one gets served up in the algorithm to you. And a lot of people think it's the million, but the fact is YouTube's algorithm thinks, oh, well, a million people have seen that. You probably have already seen it too. So they go to the next sort of the emerging content. And what's interesting about the TikTok algorithm in 2021, as I mentioned in the beginning, is the fact that it favors niche or unique content, it now will identify if, Megan, your content is not a dance video, it's not a prank, it's not a joke, 
and it will say, hey, this is a new kind of content and it values that highly. And that's exactly the reason that brands and content creators like me and you, it's finally our time for older people to get on TikTok. <laughs> what are you saying, Dennis? Gosh. I'm no, talking about I'm me. I feel like I'm, I'm way too old to be on TikTok. <laughs> no, you're not. But my, account is, uh, my account has no videos because I'm still like, how do I catch this wave? All the other kids are just diving in the pool and I'm just like, I'm there at the edge. Now, now, now. Yeah. Yeah, I did. In the beginning, I did like some of the stitch, like the templates that they have, stitching pictures together. And then I tried to do a movie, like a side by side, like lip syncing a movie. And anyway, just silly. It was fun. But yeah. And then uh, with my Monday Musings videos, I used a popular song that actually the title worked for also for like what I was thinking, like, oh, that's clever. And then I felt like, well, I should use the same song for every video, but maybe I'll rethink that. Yeah, I think that's, that's, you bring up a really great point, which is on TikTok, it's all about new and fresh. So the dynamic and the trends change so constantly. So for a typical content creator, we're used to working from an editorial calendar, planning a month out, staging our content, making sure we have the cadence. And that just simply doesn't work on TikTok. If you don't create in the moment, in the midst of the trend, content that you planned three weeks or four weeks in advance, that stuff can really be a waste of time if you're planning that far in advance. So it's good to stay focused on content today, on those trends. And I would say there are a couple of formats that really set themselves up for a great conversation with your audience, Megan, which is the, there's two that are very simple to follow, which is the one where two people, one person talks to one person, you represent the other person. And when you represent these two different conversations coming from the same voice, people are engaged because they want to see what the other part of you says. So that's kind of a good format. The other format that you can use is, you know, simply text bubbles. People are always anxious to see what the next line of text is. So you can tell a really great story that way as well. I love that. Yeah. And I just did notice I also hadn't been using the picking which frame I wanted it to start oh, yeah. with and, yeah, yeah. and putting graphic overlays and, and that kind of thing. So I'm, I, you know, I'm slowly but slowly... <laughs> Well, you're still ahead of me. I mean, I'm still just (laughs) studying the platform. I've been doing some experiments on it and trying to learn as much as I can about the algorithm. And you're, are you learning from your kids too? Uh, yes, of course. As you, as you <laughs> pointed out, I've been caught numerous times doing dances with my uh, teenage daughters and their friends, which really is interesting is because some of the other parents have actually pulled me to the side and said, how did you manage to get on your teenager's TikTok? I mean, you must <laughs> be, have, be a great dad. And I appreciate that. But I think that it's, it is, it's a really strange experience to be dancing on TikTok as an elderly man. Well, you're not elderly, (laughs) but I hear you. But yeah, but some of my favorite videos have been, and I think those do really well, like the dad that you would never would think would be on there with their daughter. I think it's super cute. You know, we we started as musically. I think our daughter must have been like seven or eight lip syncing. And she said, dad, come check this out. And then she said, you do this and I'll do that. And so we started on musically and then it just kept going. Oh, okay. That's fantastic. Oh yeah. It's nothing like it was though, right? When it was musically? I think there's a lot more features. I think, okay. uh, as anything, the platform's matured quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of uh, political implications around TikTok that weren't around musically. And 
honestly, I think we all thought mus- Musical.ly was a great fad that was going to die off. I kind of wondered about the licensing of all that music, but they seem to have handled that with very savvy handling of licensing. And then when it went on to be TikTok, I did think it was going to go the way of uh, Vine, but it didn't. It just really took off. I mean, right platform, right amount of content. So I think the real secret to its success is our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So things under a minute are favorable. And for some reason, we can watch 60 minutes of one minute videos, but we can't watch a 30 minute sitcom anymore. Well, I'll also watch the same one over and over again, right? Like, because I also, because then I'm looking at the comments and you're still hearing it. It's still playing while you're looking at comments or while you're commenting. (laughs) Megan, please tell me you've got at least one TikTok dance because if you're like me, I took me, I must have watched the the Renegade videos about at least a hundred times. Our daughters, our, our daughter and her friends, they watch it like four times and they can do it all. But I was like, Every day in slow motion, (laughs) (laughs) it was terrible. Well, I grew up dancing and I was a cheerleader. And so I actually haven't done any of them because I don't want to do anything but like the absolute best. And so I haven't like gone through the steps of learning anything because I, yeah. So that'll be a goal for me before too long. So maybe you and I can do a duet. We'll do, we'll do do a duet. Yeah. If I do something, you have to duet it. I'm in. That's the deal. Okay. I will for sure. All right. So let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk a little bit about. So you mentioned music. So this actually brings me to. I wanted to ask you about. I think one of the reasons. My personal opinion is an advantage that TikTok has is that how easy they've made it to share videos off of their platform onto all the other platforms. Like I'm. I'm constantly texting people videos who aren't on TikTok, but they're seeing it. And so I think I've gotten a couple people to get on TikTok and that kind of thing. So two things, what do you think, or why do you think they've done that so differently than, than the other platforms? And then at the same time, you mentioned the music and the licensing. So I'm curious, what are the implications of putting those videos on other platforms that don't own the license for them? Is that wow, that is a, lot. a tremendously smart question. So here's what I think. Now that you bring that up, I had not considered this before, but however, the easy answer to that is when they buy the rights to that music, they can buy the music, they can buy the license to be full use of the internet, or they can limit it to a particular time period. So artists will license their music for any given period of time for complete use. And that's probably what they're doing. They're licensing a small section of a song rather than an entire song. So in that way, I'm certain that TikTok has licensed the music for it to be out on the internet for consumption. Okay. There's probably a really good negotiation lever there because the artist wants to be shared as well. So there's probably not a real sticking point in terms of the licensing. However, I think you bring up another point, which is TikTok's business model had the advantage of seeing Facebook, Instagram, MySpace, Vine, AOL, all these prior platforms, what they did in terms of, I think we all learned a really important lesson from AOL that the walled garden is not a business model that scales. So there you see TikTok right from the very first large social network said, Let's not be a walled garden. So, and then I think they also learned from the Facebooks and the Instagrams not to tax your content creators for organic reach because it makes people not want to produce content there. 
So, you know, these are the sort of the, the signals that being a next gen company, it just is lucky that you can learn from the mistakes or at least improve on the experiences, no pun intended, that of what consumers have with their platform. Right. Well, and I think I heard this and maybe, you know, different or correct me if I'm wrong, that Reels is, you know, like the poor man's TikTok let's be honest. And a lot of people are, I mean, and you can only create so much content, right? So like having to create unique content for every platform is just like not going to happen That's right. for a lot of people. So a lot of people are just putting their TikTok videos on Instagram in yep. reels. But uh-huh. did I hear that you are no longer going to be able, like Instagram's going to not allow a video that has the TikTok logo on it? You know, I haven't heard that. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't even know if I should be commenting on too much about the algorithms and the different ways that companies are trying to own the landscape, right? So I think, yes, even having not researched it myself, I wouldn't be surprised if there is some sort of desire to keep the TikTok content off of Instagram. But I what I would say there is most content creators who are doing it for both, they shoot the content independently on their phone and then they repurpose it back out and they feed it up into those platforms. So I don't think that's going to be an easy thing to police. But I also see that depending upon what channel you're on and how, how you've invested in the acquisitions of other channels, certain channels still get support and some don't. So, you know, whether you want to look at something as simple as the acquisition of WhatsApp. WhatsApp was getting a lot of traction across the entire world. Facebook bought it and there was no new feature sets. And now people are moving away from WhatsApp to Signal. So you see where the size of one social network and its momentum can literally create a vacuum around another trending platform. So to have Instagram not wanting TikTok to succeed isn't exactly surprising. Right. All right. So we barely scratched the surface and we're almost at time, but I have... I have, I know, but we can go over a little. Do you have time? Oh yeah. For you? Yeah, of course. All right. Awesome. Okay. So I want to know real quick on this one. Do you think that the pandemic really is what contributed to that major growth in Q1 of 2020? Absolutely. I mean, yes, but easier, even more in depth than that is the pandemic made it so that celebrities and no other studios could create content. So you had no new shows coming out, no new movies coming out. I mean, every all of us were sitting there about halfway through the year looking through our channels of Netflix and, and our I other got through the end of Netflix, thinking, yeah. Like, <laughs> we, we watched them all. <laughs> and so TikTok became the place where content creators were thriving. And it was it's funny content. And they, they trained us to watch one minute's worth of content. I think I, I, the back half of 2020, I think I watched exclusively probably exclusively YouTube, except for exclusively YouTube and TikTok and more than any other channel. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit about, um, and I, I I kind of had thought I would mention this earlier, but I don't think I did. The difference in terms of influencers, do you think that TikTok is now the place? Has it taken over for YouTube or is it just another, it's short form version of what influencers are doing on YouTube? That's a great question and insight. So certainly the longer format is the the preferred choice of YouTubers. What you see now is because a lot of the TikTok executives came from YouTube, you're already starting to see YouTube-esque business practices start to show up over on TikTok. So for instance, they're making, I think they're going to extend the video time to three minutes in the future here. So you see the push to go towards a longer format. 
That said, you simply can't do on TikTok what you can do on YouTube in terms of analysis, commentary, education, those sorts of things. So to your point, the major differences will be length of content and the amount of off-ramps, if you will. YouTube has a number of ways you can get off of a channel onto another channel, whereas TikTok is one continuous scroll and you get what the algorithm gives you. So the algorithm is smarter, it's more efficient, it has less to worry about in terms of feeding you advertising versus other suggested videos. It just is one continuous stream of consciousness, if you will. So I I think that YouTube is going to have its place. I actually love YouTube in terms of content creators, freedom of expression, despite all the changes in the last three years around monetization. There's still some great content out there. Yeah. And I wonder if TikTok, I think it would be cool if you could do playlists, like if you could have, have my business stuff and my fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Maybe that's a future something on coming to us. Totally. That, that's still not gonna. You'll still have the same experience in terms of the constant scroll. But if you go to someone's account and you could see that they have different kinds of content, I think that would be really cool. Yeah, one of the things that TikTokers do or content creators do is they'll take they'll they'll watch the trends on the explore page and then they'll send the videos to themselves as a way to keep a catalog of all the right trends to follow or the things that interest them in terms of technique or style on TikTok. Send it to themselves in like just the share button and then via email or whatever. Okay. All right. Share it to yourself and you have one playlist of like, here's all the ideas I want to copy or evolve or um, do. I think uh, just a note, it's best practice to tag the original content creator if you're going to start a trend. So just putting that out there. Take care of your other content creators for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I just favorite everything. And I'm like, that's a better idea in terms of dividing stuff up. But it's always the like, you know, it's kitchen tips. It's like, you know, how am I going to grow my own cucumber with a seed from a cucumber? You know, like there's all these cool things where I'm like, no way you could do that. <laughs> so yes. I see, yes. I bought a book. I bought a guy's book or I pre-ordered it. It's not out yet. Like there's this guy on there who he does has all these hacks to like grow your own vegetables and stuff or to keep your plants alive in like in a kitchen, like put a seed inside a paper towel inside a plastic bag and then it grows. <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah. Speaking of books. Oh yeah. So awesome segue. So, but I have one more, actually we'll okay. table that for one second. Okay. I want to talk real quick. So the next show we're going to do is on the next emerging thing, which can you guess what I'm going to say? What's the, what's the hottest uh, outside of TikTok audio. So audio, audio, audio. So I'm curious your opinion about the emergence of audio platforms like Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces. How do you see that fitting into the marketing mix as we move forward? That's an interesting. Wow. Uh, okay. Curveball. Nice question. Sorry. The the uh, <laughs> the, the thing that, I'm trying to tease my next show, and so yeah. I thought we'd I'd talk a little just a little bit about audio. I, I think I think there's there's going to be a big need for that, and I'll tell you where I'm seeing that now is podcasts. They're not exclusive now to what we think of as an extension of radio or an extension of media. I see a lot of brands creating internal podcasts that help the employee experience be better because now each of the employees can tune in to listen to their executives or listen to their their leaders talk about different facets of the organization. So audio, I think is it's actually, I think, having a renaissance. Yeah. I mean, to me, I'm I'm really interested to see this, what I see is kind of a race 
to who uh, the market share really between Twitter and, and Clubhouse. And everyone's trying to do it now, right? Like Facebook, I hear now is going to have audio. And yeah, it's, uh, and you know, in tech and, you know, beta, there's always issues and stuff. Yeah. But I like those platforms as supplements to other things. Like the last couple of live shows, we did a Clubhouse show in the Making a Marketer Club on Clubhouse post-show. And then that also exposes people to things or into people that they might not have you know known about before if they hop in and how Twitter spaces works differently than Clubhouse is, is really interesting to me right now. Yeah, I think I think you're right there. You know, I have fifty thousand followers on Twitter and I still don't have the spaces. I have the little purple dot next to my name is sort of like a raise of my hand, like, can I please get the spaces? <laughs> but but I'm hoping to get there. I love the spaces format. I like the clubhouse format. You're right. What it's interesting on some of those uh, like clubhouse situations is the, the if the stratas are different in terms of you have really let's say more influential people or executives, and then you have these different tiers. A lot of people are using that format to try to reach up, and that part of it, I wonder how that is going to play out because on one hand, it's great to have a collection of all kinds of different people. But then I think you have uh, a lot of people who go there and they're not there for the community. They're there for themselves. And I just wish there was a way to like prep people before they got on social channels and say, listen, you're there for the community. You're there to contribute something better to everyone in the entire conversation, not just to dominate it or to serve yourself. But that's just a personal opinion. Right. No, I, I agree. And I, I do. I like I have a couple of friends who are new to Clubhouse room. And oh, yeah. so there are people out there who are trying to help the, the newbies. But whether I, I think the new people see this shiny object, you know, they see like what's in the hallway and they go like, oh, yeah, that looks interesting. And then there's a thousand people in a room make eight figures in seven days <laughs> or like <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 times growth. But if you had yeah. ever told me that the pandemic would give birth to a giant conference calls and people are like, yes, I'm jumping on this conference call. There's like a thousand people on here. I've never believed you. That's awesome. Okay. So I have a tip for you on spaces. Do you, Jen said she just got it. I got it uh, last week. I think, do you participate? Oh yeah. Okay. Cause I think if you talk in them, then you're more likely to get it. And do you know how to check if you have it? I uh, just hold down the, the button to see that, if, if yeah, it's available. So, I'm checking yeah. now. Make, Wouldn't it well, be? make sure that you're updated too, that your app is updated, that you have the latest. I don't, I don't see it. No, but I might, I, I might need to update my app. Okay. Part of the reason I asked you about it, not for nothing is because you had that purple dot on your Twitter. Yeah. And I thought, so I thought you already had it. Yeah. That's me trying to say, Hey, I want this. I mean, I have a purple dot. How do I get this thing? That's really funny. Well, they need to implement scheduling and then they'll be like, it'll be magical, a magical place. Even more magical. I mean, I, I do mean, think okay. Twitter obviously has the edge for people like us who already have, I mean, I don't have as many followers as you, but I already have my community there. Whereas on Clubhouse, I'm not as active on Clubhouse and I, nor do I have time to be as active as a lot of the people who have made that their main jam. I also don't want to put all my eggs in any one basket. I don't want to build community in any one place um, personally, because I well, just think that's... Uh, and you know, one of the things I'll just say I like about your format and your content is I love the way you've chosen to do your distribution. I think you make yourself accessible to a lot of different audiences that normally would not get this kind of content. It's one of the things that attracted me to your show. And I, I think you're right about that. The eggs in your basket should be for the community and to bring good 
quality content. And I guess the channels keep changing, don't they? Yeah. So um, thank you for for all that. That that was. I, thanks for indulging me on the curveball. It's <laughs> right. a good one. Um, okay. So a couple, two last final questions. One is I've asked our guests to share a good business book that they would recommend to our readers. And I understand you have a book by a friend of the show. Yes. Been on before. Tell us. Yes. I just, when we talked about this earlier, I just thought, you know, whose book I would want to read is Dan Gingis. Dan Gingis has a book called The Experience Maker, How to Create Remarkable Experiences that Your Customers Can't Wait to Share. It's coming out September 14th. Now, the book is great. Why do I think you should read it before? Why am I recommending it before I read it? It's because Dan has been a tremendous mentor to all kinds of people in our community. I can tell you that in the last, from 2019 and 2020, Dan was one of the more instrumental leaders who pulled me aside. He really gave me a, a warm welcome on the public speaking circuit. He's advised me in my career, advised me in my audiences. And I can honestly say some of the advice that Dan gave to me helped our family make it through 2020. So he's just a genuine guy, as you know, because he's a friend of the show. He's just a genuine person who cares about other people and is a mentor to everyone around him. So this book is going to be fantastic. Awesome. And it comes out the day after my birthday. Oh, yeah. I mean... I don't know. I'm not saying what if anybody wants to give it to me as a gift, but no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now he's going to have to listen to the show. We're going to be like, I'm we talked about say, you. Yeah, Dan, I prom I promised Megan that you would send a signed copy to our show. You're welcome. That's awesome. Okay. So my final question is yeah. what are you hot on these days in terms of tech, gadgets, apps? Other than TikTok, obviously, what's uh, wow? What do you went to? Oh, uh, you know, okay. So my my and and full disclosure, I have an interest in this company, but I I only got involved in it because I think it's genius. Which is there's a platform called Joined App, and it's simple. The simple thing about Joined App is the technology puts transactions inside the chat windows. The reason that's great is if you're shopping at a shopping cart and the doorbell rings, you abandon your shopping cart. If you're in a chat window conducting a conversation and you're making a transaction and the doorbell rings, you don't abandon the person in the chat window. And I think that meaningful experience matters more to shoppers more and more every day. The human connection, the ability to transact seamlessly. So as a customer experience professional, spotting something like Joined App that puts the transaction right in our hands, no customer journey, just straight to the conversation, straight to the purchase. I think that's an amazing step forward in terms of simplifying uh, the friction that happens in all shopping. I love it. All right. Well, and then, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to look into that. And I, you mentioned it on one of your videos and I still was like, how does that, how does it work? Like, yeah. it, it's like, so, it's like ma- magic. If you imagine a WhatsApp, right. Putting the transaction in the chat window of WhatsApp. I was, I gave a speech for the world fair trade organization. And when you think about WhatsApp becoming a point of sale system for 500,000 indigenous craftspeople across the country to take their crafts and market them around the world and it's seamless, I just feel like that's a game changer for the good. Yeah. So basically you would, from like the social media window, if you clicked it, then it would send you into there to buy it instead of sending you out to e-commerce site. Yes. So it's e-commerce. It's just chat. In the chat window. Yeah. 
Yeah. Social commerce. Cool. Social Hashtag commerce. social commerce. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. Well, this is so good. We're 45 minutes in wow. and um, so I know it always does. I like to keep the live shows shorter, but I also always, I'm like, as long as there's still good stuff to talk about and there's, and it's great content, then we just can roll with it. Yeah, that, so. that's great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Dennis, for being with us today. And um, if you're listening to this on the podcast or watching on the replay, please give us any questions or comments and uh, make sure to reach out to Dennis. I, we, Jen, put your website in the chat, but for the podcast listeners, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I, I think just my website is fine, denniswakabayashi.com. And I'm on Twitter at justintimecx. But yeah, it, either one. All right. Thank you awesome. so much, well, Megan. It's a pleasure. You Thank you for having, uh, having me. And it's just been great. I can't wait. We have to make this like a yearly thing. If you invite me back, I'd love to. I would love that. Hey, again. well, what, what we do is a reunion show. Okay. When, so to kick off the next season, do like ridiculously crazy. We change, we have groups of, of people. We change every 15 minutes and we do it in two parts. And so whoever was a guest the previous season who wants to come back can come back and we, you know, we just, it's like a whirlwind. It's a lot of fun. Okay. And I think you and I should do the, the TikTok dance duet. Okay. I think we just have to do that after this. All right. It's like challenge the, accepted. Now I got to find the latest dance, right? Well, that, pick that something is. easy, please. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. All right, y'all. Um, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Dennis, thank you for being our guest. All right, this has been episode 79 of the Making a Marketer podcast, and we will catch you next time.